Welcome to our Easter message. Easter transforms people's lives. Today we celebrate Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. Easter Sunday is too important for us to skim over. It's not about Easter eggs or bunny rabbits, etc. As Christians, we can be confident of the Easter account given in the Bible. As we look at this text, I want to take a few moments to present some brief thoughts to us. The Easter message is the most important message you will ever hear. The Easter story is not a story of fiction. It's a story that will stand up to scrutiny, investigation. I want to show us how the Easter story transformed people's lives forever. These people I would describe as unlikely, unusual, quirky, people who don't usually get it. Yet they encounter the Easter message and their lives are changed, their lives are transformed forevermore. Let me try and explain this to you. Our reading is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark. And she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stopping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw that the linen clothes lying there and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed, as for yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. In this passage, we have three main characters. What I love about these characters is that they are really unlikely, unusual characters. They're, they're not heroic figures. These people are about as real as they get. First, we have Mary Magdalene. She is the first person to see the empty tomb. This makes her the first witness of what happened on that Easter morning. She's the most unlikely person for a couple of reasons. For one thing, She's female, and at this time when um, people didn't accept the testimony of women, in Israel no woman could be a witness in a court of law. A woman's testimony was inadmissible. Her evidence was worthless. And yet in John 20, it is a woman 
who is entrusted with the most crucial testimony the world can ever hear. But there's something else that makes Mary Magdalene the most unlikely person to be a witness to what happened. We read in Luke chapter 8 and in Mark chapter 16 a little bit more about who Mary was. In Luke chapter 8 verse 2 it identifies her as Mary Magdalene from whom seven demons had been cast out. We don't know much more about her but this is enough to tell us that she had a past. The author Philip Yancey comments on the sharp contrast between how Jesus treated moral failures and how we, his followers, often do. Jesus appointed the Samaritan woman as his first missionary. He defended the woman who anointed him with the expensive perfume. It says, um, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons, he honoured as the very first witness of the resurrection, a testimony at first discounted by his more prestigious followers. Where we shame, Jesus elevates. So Mary, the unlikely one. But then we read of two other characters. In verses 4 to 10, you have the somewhat comical picture of the two disciples who hear the report of the empty tomb and go to investigate. One's Peter, and if you read the Gospels, you understand a little bit about Peter's character. He's the one who would do something quickly and without thought. He's often the first to open his mouth, even when he shouldn't. In this passage, you have him rushing to the tomb. He's not as fast as the other runner. He's not as fast as that other disciple. But when he catches up, he doesn't hesitate to go in and investigate. Then there's the other disciple, probably John, who wrote the book who gets there first, but he hesitates to go in, as you probably do before you come to an open grave. Here's the picture I get. These are people who are completely unexpected and somewhat unusual. The good news of Easter is that it's for ordinary people. With all our peculiar ways, it's not for airbrushed and heroic people. It's for people like Mary Magdalene, people like John and Peter, people like you and me. Easter is about unlikely people. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 says this, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. But that's not all. They're not just unlikely and unusual people. They just didn't get it. This is great news for those of us who have struggled getting it or maybe even still don't get the Easter story. 
All through his ministry, Jesus had predicted that he would die. He also predicted what would take place afterwards. He predicted that he would rise again from the dead. In John chapter 2, Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. Then the Jews said, It's taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking about the temple of his body. When he had raised from the dead, his disciples remembered this. They remembered what he had said and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken to them in John chapter 2 verses 19 to 22. If the disciples had understood, they would have been there waiting, but they didn't understand. They just did not get it. I think John is making this point even in how he introduces this chapter. Now on the first day of the week, notice it doesn't say on the third day. That would assume that we were keeping track, that we were counting down in anticipation of his resurrection. No, it's the first day of the week. They show up not expecting anything but a dead body. They simply did not get it. You see, you see this by the confusion that takes place. They seem at first to think that maybe a grave robber had been there. This wouldn't have been completely surprising. Grave robbery was so common that Emperor Claudius eventually ordered capital punishment for those convicted of destroying tombs, removing bodies or even displacing the seals on the stones. If we want proof that they didn't get it, then you just have to look at verse 9. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. In Luke, in Luke chapter 24, Jesus said this to a couple of people who should have understood Easter but didn't get it. In verse 25 he says, how foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Easter's not for those who are spiritually advanced. The Gospel of John is telling us that it's for people who don't get it. Maybe people just like you and me. Remember that I only want us to remember one thing this morning. Could we take a few minutes now just to look at what happens when ordinary people encounter Easter and are transformed forever? It's here that we see something that you have to face as you look at the biblical account of Easter. There's a pattern that takes place in all the resurrection story. The beneficiaries of the appearance are engulfed in a human emotion. Mary, grief. The disciples, fear. Thomas, doubt. The risen Christ appears to them in the midst of their condition. As a result, their condition is transformed. We don't have time to look at the whole of chapter 20 today, but that's exactly what happens here. 
these witnesses encounter an empty tomb. They're confused or perplexed. They don't know how to account for what they discover. They cannot account for something that they can't explain. In verse 6 and 7, it says, Then Simon Peter came, following him, and he went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded up in a place by itself. Some say it's easy to explain an empty tomb. It was grave robbers. If that's all that happened, then we would not be celebrating Easter. But Mary Magdalene, Peter and John did not just discover an empty tomb. They discovered the linen clothes that had been used to wrap Jesus' body as they buried him. In John chapter 11, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, we read, the man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. That's not what happened with Jesus. Nobody had to unbind his burial clothes. It appears that he was able to pass through them with his resurrection body, just as he was able to to later appear in a locked room in verse 19. Not only that, but the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head was folded up by itself. Jesus had taken it off and folded it neatly, as if to say, I won't be needing this anymore. You can account for an empty tomb. It's very hard to account for grey clothes that have been left behind as if they are not needed anymore. It's even harder to account for Jesus appearing to the other disciples in the rest of this chapter. But even here in verse 8, you have to begin to sense the beginning of the change that is taking place. Then the other disciples who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and he believed. What they encountered that Easter morning changed, transformed them both then and forevermore. There are three facts about the resurrection that even critical scholars accept. The tomb in which Jesus was buried was discovered empty by a group of women, on the Sunday following the crucifixion, Jesus' disciples had a real experience with one whom they believed was the risen Christ. As a result of the preaching of these disciples, which had the resurrection at its centre, the Christian church was established and grew. These things form a threefold strand of evidence. It's hard to describe how profoundly Easter transformed these people. It changed everything about them. The rest of the New Testament is evidence of the effects of what happened on Easter morning. 
Sometimes something happens that is so profound that it changes everything. And Easter is like that. The continuing effects of Easter still continue today. Something happened on Easter day which made Christ more alive on the streets of Jerusalem 40 days after his crucifixion than on the day of, of his triumphant entry. A false report might last 40 days, but the church which was founded on a risen Christ has lasted for over 2,000 years, producing generations of godly men and women. So let's put all of this together. Unlikely, even unusual people who don't usually get it. We read here how they encounter Jesus and are changed. They are transformed forever. That's the one thing I want you to take away today. We, the Jesus we read about in these verses is still alive today. The Easter message is far too important to dismiss. I would encourage you with all my heart to seek him out. Check out this Easter story and see your life changed and transformed by his love and his goodness. God bless you. Coming up, we have Conversation Street. But before we get into that, here's a clip from our podcast, What's the Story, which you can subscribe to on all your favorite podcast apps. Across the 10 years, I worked in what, five or six different war zones, experienced wow. most uh, manifestations of war that are out there, not chemical or biological warfare, but um, certainly either directly or through the staff I work with. Um, the biggest issue, and I can tell lots of stories uh, of individual instances or suffering or death, um, was a deep challenge to your understanding of God is love, and mm. which is something that everyone has to face, face really in their Christian faith. That our hardest question is, where is God in suffering? Welcome back to Conversation Street with myself and Dave Connolly. Uh, it's, um, Dave, it's unusual that we have on the live stream the person that did the talk as the host. We do do it occasionally, but it's great that you're here because uh, we can get into the talk. Let me ask you a question straight off the bat, right? Because Easter is one of those times. It comes around very quickly every year, but it is by far the, the most important part of the Christian holiday. Mm. Um, what's your favourite part of the Easter story? You know, when you read it every year and you kind of think this bit here just really draws me in, what would that be? It's what happens just as, well, it's part of the Easter story. Well, I didn't mention it in that talk. It happens just a little while after when there's two men walking on the Emmaus road, you know, two disciples. Mm. Mm. Well, Jerusalem and um, I scratched my head because I'm like you were told to stay there and wait you know for the resurrection and these two guys are obviously not doing as they're told and they're off 
And they're talking to each other as they walk this like seven mile journey. And they're deep in thought. And they're sharing their despair. You know, these guys had put everything into following Jesus. They believed him to be the Messiah, the coming King, their Lord, their Savior. And he's gone. And it says how Jesus walks a little bit behind them and he can hear them. And then he catches up and he listens to them. And then they get caught in conversation. And then these men say to Jesus, um, we're staying here, stay with us. And then they fellowship, continue to fellowship. Then they break bread. And it's at that point, Jesus reveals himself because they hadn't mm. recognized him. Mm. And, it, and it's, it's just this wonderful thing that the sometimes, you know, as Christians, we feel despair and loss. You know, being a Christian, we feel like God's abandoned us or gone, gone missing. And that's how they must have felt. But Jesus comes and walks with them. And there's yeah. a gentle rebuke and there's a gentle refocusing. That's that's what I love about the Easter story. Besides <laughs> Jesus raising the dad, which is the obvious. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, for yeah. me, as a, a, you know, I really relate to that. Mm. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a, no, you're right. It's a brilliant story, isn't it? I like that that sort of gentle refocusing on the road. That actually, uh, what was a time of despair? Actually, when when they sort of understood who Jesus was in the center of it, um, turned out to be a time of great rejoicing. Uh, mm. And um, it's quite often a, a true for life, isn't it? There are times when when life's quite not we don't we're not quite sure where it's going or the direction it's going or why it's going the direction that it's going it's not as we planned or thought um yeah. but when we allow jesus into it there's a general maybe a, sometimes a gentle rebuke but a gentle sort of refocusing on what's important and um and, and and what was difficult becomes actually a time of rejoicing right absolutely and and you know those two guys as you read the story they go back you know, and they're telling everybody what they've just experienced. And that adding to the story of what the other disciples had been going through, you know. Mm. Um, but at the Easter story itself, I just love the way, um, you know, how we can read about philosophers and historians at the time, how they write, you know, of the crucifixion of Christ. And we would call them non-believers. Yeah. I think I mentioned talking about so there are there are accounts of the crucifixion by you know so-called non-believers and non-Jews. Yeah. That we can Yeah, you know, for me the crucifixion can hold up to inspection. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. It's interesting, isn't it, uh, when we talk about Easter, we talk about the resurrection. Uh, mm. we've been working as a as a church, we've been working our way through the book of Acts. Mm. And all the amazing stories of transformation that you see in the book of Acts mm. could only really have happened because of a resurrected Christ, right? So the, the, yeah. it, there's, there's obviously this immediate impact um, mm. of the resurrection of Jesus as, you, as we sort of go through. But one of the things I want to circle back to is um, you talked about how at the time there was uh, a lot of sort of grave robberies going on and it was a common thing to rob graves. Uh, and in fact, one of and uh, I put it in the comments was 
One of the things that really intrigues me about this story is um, the Jewish leaders at the day, they went and said to Pilate, you need to put a, a guard around the tomb because <laughs> he's been telling everybody he's going to raise from the dead and we don't want his body to get stolen. So we need to guard this tomb. So we know that there was um, a guard around the tomb, that the tomb was sealed. Uh, and so it, if if it was going to be a robbery, if it was going to be a bit of a hoax, it would be quite a difficult thing to do because they were all expecting it and they're all sort of prepared for it. Um, but it, 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 it obviously, for me, is one of those signs, you know, we talk about the evidence of the resurrection. This is just one of those things where you just go, well, there was a guard on the tomb and uh, the religious leaders at the time had to then bribe, they, they bribed the soldiers to say, hang on, guys, uh, just tell everybody the body got robbed while you were guarding it. You know, Rome's best guards. Uh, and we'll pay you a large yeah. sum of money to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yet the Roman authorities had already put out, um, you know, that they, 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 because grave robbery was common, that even if you touched the seal on the tomb, you know, you were in trouble. Mm. To the fact now somebody comes along, frightens off these this very these like elite troops, run off, somebody breaks into a tomb, unravels a body, and the you know, the grey clothes were more, you know, precious than the body. Yeah. So they unravel the thing that they would get most money from and take a naked body. But they tidy off the grave club. <laughs> I mean, that's I don't. Hey, yeah, I don't have enough belief in that. <laughs> who's who's ever know? heard of a tidy burglar? Uh, it just doesn't oh, happen. Does it? <laughs> 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 the, I love what Graham's put here. Let me just add it to the broadcast. So Graham said, "A bit I love is where Mary is grieving outside the tomb. She is so caught up in her grief that she doesn't recognise the person standing beside her, who is Jesus." He then gently no. says her name, uh, which is similar to the the road uh, to Emmaus that you were talking about, right? Yeah, I think that's a beautiful illustration. Mm. You know, when she, I mean, she's just grieving, you know, so much. You know, I, I think, you know, because it is that despair and you have that real sense of loss. And um, I, I'm not sure if it's from Godspell, but there's a song called I Don't Know How to Love Him. It might be Jesus Christ Superstar. And I know people can say, oh, that means X, Y, and Z. But, you know, that song, I Don't Know How to Love Him, for me, I find it quite an emotional song yeah. because and this lady has such a debt to her, you know, the love that she feels for her saviour. It's not a physical or a sexual thing. It's what I love for her saviour. Yeah. You know, so I think wrote this fantastic yeah yeah no it's true isn't it and again um i mean the road to emmaus uh, mary uh, magdalene outside the tomb we've got all of these people sort of life has not gone the way that they thought um and so and they feel let down they feel grief they feel there's all kinds of things that they're feeling um but it, it it's when they realize that jesus is there with them in the midst of it, that life starts to change for them a little bit, doesn't it? And um, actually, resurrection is more than is more than what they expected, um, because they yeah. they saw something very one way, didn't they? And actually, resurrection changed their whole viewpoint. And that's why I use the word a lot, and uh, um, ju just trying to emphasize how when you have this 
resurrection experience with Jesus, he doesn't just patch up or paint over things in our lives. He changes it. He, it's a transformation that takes place, mm. not just in how we think, but literally in how we live and how we view things. Because, um, yeah, for me, it's just transformational. Everything changes. He, you know, it's like the establishment of his lordship in our lives really comes through. Mm. And uh, again, you know, I think for me, the Easter story speaks of lordship. Something yeah. happens men and women when the resurrection power of Jesus comes into their life. A new boldness comes. Yeah. Fresh boldness now comes mm. to them. Mm. You know, it's really interesting you, you talk about that, you know, this sort of the resurrection, uh, the transformation. Um, we were talking about this a little bit earlier on. Um, there's a, a great quote uh, where Christianity is not about behavior modification. Um, it's not about self-help. It's not about life improvement. It's about a spiritual transformation because you were spiritually dead and you need Jesus to make you spiritually alive. That's what happens in the resurrection. Just, I mean, yeah. you've you've obviously, uh, for those that don't know, um, you've been a pastor for a fair few years uh, here in sunny Liverpool. Um, just a few, just a couple. Um, how have you seen... Then, because it's, I mean, we can read stories about Mary Magdalene at the tomb, right? We can hear the stories about the guys on the road to Emmaus. How have you seen this transformation in modern day Western society? Is it still, um, I appreciate this is a bit of a leading question, Dave, but is it still accessible? Is it still available? Is the, is this something that still impacts people today? And if so, how do we, how do we latch on to that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it can't, it can't be any difference today. If it's not the same, then Jesus has changed. Mm. You know, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, I, I certainly see people's life um, dramatically. And for some people, they have an encounter with Jesus. And transformation is dramatic and sudden. And for many it's much more of a process, mm. you know, and um, I, you've heard me say, when I first became a Christian, my life was a bit of a roller coaster. You know, I had highs and very deep lows, you know. Um, mm. That's what I love about reading the story, you know, and I, and I talk about how Mary had a past. Now, we all have a past. Yeah. You know, and, we, you know, we, we, we know some, some of our friends who have been notorious, you know, baddies before they met Jesus. <laughs> and yet Jesus loved them, reached them, mm. and has formed their lives. And then we, we, you know, we all meet lovely people. And, you know, and you just say, you know, are some of these lovely people, they're nicer than some of the Christians we know who are honest. <laughs> That's true. But it's very true. God, by his spirit, reaches out to them. They receive something of his love and he reaches into their heart and they surrender their lives to Jesus, which is what it's all about. And their lives start to be transformed. And I, I'm really thankful, Matt, that the war, God touches us individually. You know, um, he, 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 he just knows where we are and he knows how to speak to us and how his words bring hope with this mm. hopelessness, with brings life, 
where there's really no real light. Mm. You know, and the cliches that we can talk about, they're true. Those cliches are, 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 are true, you know. Mm. Um, but it's a work that only Jesus can do. Yeah. Work that is done because of the cross and because of the resurrection. So yes, those people's lives are being transformed. And it's wonderful to hear stories of actually people asking questions yeah. directly about, you know, Easter and indirectly. I mean, me and Julie, um, a neighbor of ours, um, was having a conversation with Julie indirectly um, about her niece. And then that opened up to something else where, you know, um, Julie was talking with this neighbor. And now Julie, you know, is offering to go through scriptures with her. You know, so yes, Jesus is still transforming people, mm. transforming their lives. And there's still the Mary Magdalene's, the very crazy pieces, and, you know, John's, little <laughs> John's, and crazy pieces, you know, and everybody in between. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's so true as well. And it's, um, I like that. Nicholas put here in the comments, it's definitely a process and it's a big process. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all in a process. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's one of those, isn't it, where, um, I mean, I've mentioned this before. Let me grab the Bible notes on my computer here so i'll read the scripture um i've mentioned this before on crowd and I'll, I'll mention it again the reason we talk so much about the resurrection and about this transformation is because um it is the heart of the christian message um mm -hmm. and paul wrote this he said uh in 1 corinthians chapter 15 is right into the corinthian church um and he says, if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection? So there was a, there was a debate, um, even in Paul's day, whether or not Christ mm. had been resurrected, because there, there was a sect of people who didn't believe in the resurrection, a sect of Jews. If there is no resurrection, then Christ has not even been raised. And if Christ has not been raised from the dead, our preaching is useless, and believe. so is your faith the whole thing for me um, about christianity the whole crux of it is the resurrection if there's no resurrection there's no christian faith our faith is useless uh, as paul says it's not it's a waste of time um and yeah. so this is why we talk about it a lot right this you've got to wrestle with this idea of the resurrection it is so important to the message of christianity yeah it's that whole new that newness of life and um you know, it it's just the whole resurrection story. You, it, you know, we think, wow, what? You know, that's an ultimate. The you know the end, but in fact, it's it's just opening up for a whole new chapter of the beginning of the church. You yeah. know, first question. But we need it's understanding. There's a lovely scripture, and um, that says, you know, the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead, and mm -hmm. it's just my head. This the reference, so Eric, please excuse me. But it says the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead. Yeah. Or dwells in you. And that's a word for each of us. The same spirit, not a portion of it. The same spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead. 
lives or dwells in us. And so folks like me and Nicola who talk about being in process, <laughs> we can be confident that regardless of what season we're in, um, that that same spirit, he dwells in us. He doesn't yeah. visit us, but he's permanently in us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Romans 6.10. The Spirit of yes. God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. And in fact, he also mentions it again in Romans 8. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. How can that not... It's just amazing, isn't it? Just amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, how can it not excite you that the Spirit of God uh, who raised mm. Jesus from the dead now lives in me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's just that's just nuts, right? I mean it's a whole head wreck right there, but it's it's just so amazing and something to get excited about. And it's you know why we love the resurrection. Yeah, um, I mean I've got a friend who is now um, in North Africa, and she went through a stage in, in her life, you know, over a decade ago. She loved Jesus, everything was going, whatever, and she just you know was got this revelation about the same spirit living in her. And um, I remember having a conversation with her. She was telling me all about it and updating. So I'm really aware of the same spirit living in me. So I said, all right, what does that mean? She says, mm. places I don't go anymore because I don't want to take him there. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, and, and she was, you know, I think, I think what she was saying, she, you know, she was with a party girl at the time. And mm. she was saying, I don't want to, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that type of thing anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and that wouldn't be a blessing to her, you know? Um, so I, I caught the horse of what she was, you know, of what yeah, she yeah. was saying, you know, in, yeah. That's a good, good way to look at it, though. I don't need to watch this because I don't need the Spirit of God inside me watching this, right? It's not something that is necessarily that interested. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, Miriam's yeah. in the comments. Happy Easter to you all, Miriam. Happy Easter to you. The same power that conquered the grave now lives in me. Yes, that's true. Uh, Nicola says that's great. Yes, absolutely. It is great, Nicola. It is very, very great. So, Dave, in the last few minutes, right, uh, as we wrap up our conversation about Easter, we talk about the resurrection. Um, and for those of you actually watching who maybe aren't convinced about the resurrection, uh, whether you're on the live stream, whether you're on catch up, whether it's something that you're investigating, whether it's something that's still quite new to you, um, there is a great book or there's a series of books, actually, which are worth reading. I think one of them is called Evidence That Demands a Verdict, which I found super helpful early on in my Christian faith by Lee Strobel. Um, talking about the evidence of the resurrection. Um, I think he was a lawyer, Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. And I think he he wrote the book from a perspective of an atheist lawyer setting out to disprove the resurrection, but he found more evidence for it than against it. Um, yeah, and, this, he, and the evidence that the man that revered it is by George McDowell. Okay. Uh, it's the case for Christ. That's, That's by Lee. Yeah. And he was, he was a um, journalist. So he, he, and he wasn't, when he first started, I don't think he was a believer. His wife mm. was. Mm. He wrote it really while he was searching or he gathered his material then. Mm. But evidence that him by Josh McDowell. I mean, if you've got an inquiring brain and you have lots of 
Mm. Um, and it's okay to have questions. Mm. Josh, my great. If you want something that is more readable and easy access, Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Christ, and there's a second book called The Case for Faith. Yeah. They are very well, but you know, yeah. if you are going to search, then do so with a open heart and mm -hmm. an open mind. And you know, the Bible says this, and you, this will apply to whoever's watching today. Um, if you seek Him with all your your heart, you'll find Him. Mm -hmm. Jesus is, is attracted to people who are seeking Him. Yeah, He's not hidden. You know, and just truthfully look, ask questions, say, God, like the prayer I prayed, and I know you know this, Matt, when I gave my life to Jesus, wasn't very technical. It was, God, if you are real mm. and you better than somebody like me, let's have a go. Yeah. A good theology. Um, and all <laughs> I was worked. saying, you know, and, and, I, and you do have to come to a place where you're willing to surrender your life to Christ. Yeah. You know, and um, and it is about faith. Yeah. You know, let, let's be honest. This isn't about adjusting our thinking or invite, just inviting Jesus into here. Mm -hmm. it, it's inviting Christ into our hearts. Yeah. And it's a faith. You know? And yeah. if you don't know Jesus, I would encourage you, off the back of Easter Easter story, seek him out. You mm. will not be yeah, that's very true. You will not be disappointed. Uh, it's definitely um, my testimony. I know it's yours, Dave. I, it's not going to be easy, but you won't be disappointed. Uh, and I think the the life with Christ is such an adventure. Um, mm. And, you know, he calls us upon a great adventure. And so my encouragement is just live it. Live that adventure uh, that um, Jesus has got for you. It'd be an amazing, amazing story. So... But search him out, like Dave said. Love that. If you're going to search for him, search for him with all your heart. And there's a lot of books out there that can help you. Uh, around the world at the moment, a lot of churches will be running something called an Alpha Course. If you are looking for more information about Christianity, Alpha Courses are a great place to start. We have an online Alpha Course here at Crowd Church, which you can access and sort of watch. Uh, and we would love to hear from you. If you've got any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Um, and uh, I'm going to press this button here. Hopefully it will come. Yes, there you go. You can reach out to us. Uh, <laughs> my, my, my little button thing's not working, so I've got to do it on the screen. Uh, reach out to us at crowdchurch, www.crowd.church. Uh, if you're listening to the audio, you can also reach us on social media at crowdchurch. We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about the Christian faith, uh, or would like to know more, or if you've recently become a Christian, we would love to hear from you. There is a great resource on the website which says, how do I become a Christian? So if you go to Crowd Church, just click the link on how do I become a Christian? I think you follow the new here link and it will take you to uh, that page and it talks about how you become a Christian. Do follow that, do read that, do study that, uh, because like I say, it's an adventure worth taking. No doubt about it. Nicholas put here, if it was easy, everybody would do it. <laughs> <laughs> Happy 200th birthday, Matt Edmo. Yeah, thanks, Matt Crew. Appreciate that. 
<laughs> Matt Crew in the comments wishing me uh, a happy birthday. That's true, actually, Matt's put, we're not Zooming midweek this week, folks. So normally, uh, if you're a regular Scrab, we have a midweek Zoom group. Uh, that's not going on during the Easter holidays. It will be starting up again, not next week, but the week after. We will, of course, let you know. But if you would like to join the midweek community groups, we would love to see you in the Zoom group where we catch up, uh, get to know one another and build community. Uh, just get in touch with us via the website um, or on social media. We'll send you those details. We would love to hear from you. Next week, we have... Uh, I'm going to check, actually. Next week, we have Sharon, uh, my beautiful wife. She is doing the talk uh, as we carry on our study in the Book of Acts. Uh, Dan Orange is hosting, along with Chris and Sue Holcomb, which will be fantastic. Me, I'm going to be uh, joining the live stream in the comments. Uh, I'm going to be enjoying a, a week off because it is my birthday celebration next weekend. So uh, Dan's taking over, which is lovely. Uh, and Dave, I'm going to see you next Saturday, right? We certainly are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. So uh, that's it from us. Let me just end this live stream by saying a big, fat, massive, happy Easter to you. Happy Resurrection Day. He is risen. That's something that we say a lot to each other uh, at church, uh, and we all answer, he is risen indeed, uh, because that is, like we said, the central part to the Christian faith. So, Dave, happy Easter, my friend. God bless you. It's been great doing crowd with you. Yep. It's been fantastic. God bless You're you, man. You're a legend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, bless you. Thanks for all your comments. Thanks for joining us. Uh, and if you're watching on Catch Up, come join us on a Sunday uh, on the live stream. Always great to meet people in the comments. Uh, but in case no one's told you yet today, you're amazing. You're awesome. God created you awesome. It's just a burden you've got to bear. Uh, happy Easter, Anna. <laughs> it's all in the comments. My Anna's twins today. Beautiful little twins, which was great. So uh, anyway, let's end it there before I get carried away. Uh, bless you guys. Happy Easter. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Bye for now.